I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here with Florence Byham Weinberg, Dr. Florence Weinberg, our host each and every week. And uh, once the the uh, subject of a long uh, radio series before becoming the host of her own radio show slash podcast, she's the subject of a documentary and the author of 16 books, including Before the Alamo, which is fairly recent, but even more recent than that is The Choice, and The Choice has absolutely nothing to do with Roe v. Wade, but boy, uh, you talk about everything else now, uh, ever since uh, since Friday, everything has to do with Roe v. Wade, and uh, I imagine Dr. Weinberg is going to have something to say about it as well. Uh, Florence Weinberg Show, uh, how are you, Dr. Weinberg, and I imagine you have a couple thoughts on Roe v. Wade. Yes, I'm very angry, of course. And uh, and I'm going to have something to say about it, indeed. So uh, I've kind of combined the two uh, topics that are headline topics here still in Texas. Uh, one, the uh, Uvalde shooting, and and the state uh, the state of Texas reaction to it, which is silence. Uh, and uh, the other one, of course, uh, the Supreme Court's Friday. Uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade. So, uh, so I, my introduction combines the two, and then I take off on the Roe v. Wade question after that. Please, uh, please go ahead, Evaldi. Um, Evaldi, we're always uh, we're always interested in someone who's kind of uh, close to the action there. You know, not 120 miles or something along those lines, 80 miles, something very close to San Antonio. What what do you have on Evaldi? Uh, well, uh, let me get into this uh, uh, this introduction of mine, and you'll find out it's it's not much on Ivaldi, uh, as far as uh, uh, as far as anything interesting going on. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, police chief, the uh, school police chief, has been suspended. So. Uh, uh, so he is, and he's also unwelcome. He he was inducted into the city council two days, I believe it was, uh, after uh, after the shooting, <laughs> and uh, because of all the facts that came out since then, uh, at that point nobody knew that he had held back intervention uh, going in after the uh, shooter. Uh, for 77 minutes, uh, but once that was known, uh, then people, of course, became very angry, and so he has uh, is also unwelcome to come to the city council meetings. Uh, so that's about the latest that I know of right now. Uh, the uh, the burning question, of course, is Roe v. Wade. So I will dive right into uh, my talk right now. Please do. In these dark days, an unevenly divided U.S. Supreme Court struck down a New York law that limited who could carry a handgun in public, issuing a landmark ruling that could mean more guns on the streets of big cities, even as U.S. Senate officials try to limit the impact of the previous inadequate gun laws. The 6-3 ruling marks the first time the court has said the Second Amendment protects gun rights outside the, outside the home. 
New York was one of the uh, one of at least six states, along with California, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Maryland, and Hawaii, with laws that prevented most people from legally carrying a handgun. The decision follows a series of mass shootings, including uh, rampages in the last two months that left a total of more than 30 people dead at Buffalo, New York, and Uvalde, Texas. Even more egregious was the Friday morning overturning of Roe v. Wade. This ruling suddenly places American women back 49 years and more. Two generations of women have been born and grown up enjoying the, the uh, free reproduct, enjoying free reproductive choice since abortion was banned in this country. And the law back then was not as stringent as this new one will become once the states are through passing their versions. I have already spoken in the past on this program passionately twice on this on uh, about my uh, experience at age 21 with the former anti-abortion law for I told the story of, of uh, driving a desperate young hunchback who was an LPN nurse 200 plus miles to have an illegal abortion the father of the child of the fetus was a down syndrome janitor but rather than retell that story, I will briefly reiterate what I believe to be the effect of the new law. The court argues that abortion is not mentioned in the Constitution and therefore is not to be taken seriously. But if that argument is valid, then the woman's right to vote is also absent from the Constitution. Mm. I'm only half in jest here, but it too could be uh, nullified by a quick six to three vote, and that would neatly abolish most of those inconvenient votes opposing the court's extreme right-wing policies. I'm surprised that no one has yet mentioned that possibility to the uh, to the present court. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In 1775, women were chattels, the property of their husbands. This was based on an age-old tradition of male dominance, holding that women are patently inferior to men, both physically and intellectually, and therefore incapable of making correct decisions about just about anything, least of all about their own bodies. The word chattel, by the way, is the same word as cattle, etymologically and in fact. The court's new ruling reduces women's status to chattels, that is, slaves of the state. The state, not the pregnant woman, owns and controls her womb, therefore her body, what, el- what she does with that body, and therefore her role in life, her fate. Women of childbearing age are no longer free citizens of this country. Conservative women who have voted for this outcome have voted themselves and every American woman of childbearing age into slavery, a fact they do not understand or recognize. The fetus, defined in at least one state as the egg right after penetration by the sperm, is more important than the host that is, the pregnant female, otherwise known as the mother. She becomes an automaton 
her every choice and move determined by the state, dictating that she bring that egg and sperm to full maturity as a newborn. If she has a miscarriage, she is in danger of prosecution and imprisonment for murder. Some states' laws hint that saving the fetus is more important than saving the life of the mother. Some state legislatures are already banning methods of contraception, forcing unwanted un, uh, and unexpected pregnancy on the many women who enjoy sexual activity with their lawful, lawfully wedded husbands. I suspect the result, resulting boom of babies, especially Caucasian babies, will go far to avert the perceived dangers foretold by the right, the right-wing uh, replacement theory that too few white babies are being born to offset the influx soon to be a majority of people of color. So far, I have spent my time speaking about the nation's new situation regarding national gun laws and laws governing human reproduction. The right-wing juggernaut rolls on despite a national democratic administration. Is there any remedy? Yes, the one small but powerful democratic remedy is the ballot box, unless Republicans who are hard at work at doing this also gain control of the state offices of Secretary of State and Attorney General who can overturn the will of the people, unless they also replace poll workers with believers in the big lie but the midterm election is months away, and the enormous cabal funded by a dozen Republican billionaires is working on every front to destroy any progress this nation has made in the last century, at least the last 89 years since the election of FDR in 1932. I was born in 1933, so I speak with authority on that point. And Social Security is one of those FDR programs, by the way, is that uh, is in the news. The Republicans want to do away with that, or at least privatize it. The recent actions of SCOTUS, that's the Supreme Court, prove that the right-wing cabal is having enormous success. Its goal on all fronts, uh, its goal exists on all fronts, judicial, executive, and legislative, to destroy democracy. Democracy, as Plato says, is demonstrably inefficient. I think it was Churchill who said, and I'm quoting, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others, unquote. <laughs> if you doubt it, just check, uh, check out the present status of the U.S. Senate under the sway of McConnell and the filibuster. The right-wing ideal is to elect in 2024 a puppet president who would remain in power in perpetuity until death, while the cabal would run the country. There need not then be any more elections. However, to return to our one remedy, the ballot box, here in Texas, we have one candidate for governor who is trying to stem the rush to dictatorship. Beto O'Rourke by name. He espouses all the right causes that our legitimate president, correct, uh, legitimately elected president, Joseph Biden, 
uh, also stands for the right to vote, sensible gun laws, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, environmental protection, and so on. Today, for example, he led, this is, uh, I wrote this yesterday, so t uh, yesterday, for example, he led one of 27 block visits in various Texas cities. He was in Katy, Texas, sending out what looked, and I was look, watching the video, what looked to be some 75 people to walk the city blocks and knock on doors and talk to people about their concerns. Beto knows that reaching the grassroots is the only way to raise awareness among the ordinary people with their day-to-day -day pressing concerns. They must be reminded or convinced of the grave and present danger. We have no choice. We must raise consciousness as Beto is doing in Texas and as I'm trying to do right now. Otherwise, the siren song of the billionaire Rupert Murdoch-funded Fox News propaganda outlet and the big lie will drown out the truth. It already has done so with a third of the electorate. We have an uphill battle ahead, but we must fight it lest we lose even more or all of the America, America we all grew up in. As of last Friday morning, we lost an enormous chunk. Hmm. And that is the end of my speech for the day. Wow. Uh, but, you know, very, very poignant and, uh, you know, very look coming from that position. Uh, that is uh, that is as good as you can get. You know, now, of course, there's people. I, I don't know if anybody's listening to you that that's going to disagree. I think you, people who know our show uh, know where you stand politically may not know where yes. I stand. I'm in independent and I try to give, you know, all sides of it, but I, you just gave a, a, a you know, a, a excellent take on, on that particular stand uh, on, uh, you know, on first the, the Roe vs. Wade um, situation and then, you know, and everything else that came afterwards and, and, during and before and whatever, uh, always well thought out. Are you hearing anyone on the opposite side of where you are on Roe v. Wade? Are you hearing anyone on the uh, pro-life side that you think uh, is making the best? Or, or who do you hear on that side making the best argument? Or is it just simply uh, there's just no two ways to, to look at it. This is a very polarizing issue, right? The, the, a woman's reproductive rights are, are, are sacred to so many people. But then, you know, on the other side, uh, there are people that are going to say that this is murder. You're, you're murdering a baby, right? And this is the most polarizing issue that I could, I could imagine being anywhere near. And, uh, you know, again... Uh, it, what they just did here, I never thought the Supreme Court, ne I never thought uh, SCOTUS would uh, would do this. I just, I never believed that they would overturn Roe v. Wade. Even when people said to me, you know, people from the left said, oh, you, you know, you need a, a, a Democratic president because if not, you're going to get, you know, the Supreme Court and, and they're going to uh, overturn Roe v., uh, v. Wade. And I literally thought to myself, this person is uh, is is dreaming. They'll never overturn Roe v. Wade. I I honestly believe they never would turn over Roe v. Wade. I mean, how about you? 
uh, well, of course, I never believed it either. But uh, uh, obviously, uh, the last three judges that uh, Trump uh, pushed through, thanks to uh, McConnell, um, were were chosen specifically in order to overturn Roe v. Wade, and they lied through their teeth, or certainly by implication, when they were uh, uh, when they were interviewed by the Senate prior to being uh, okayed for uh, for occupancy of the Supreme Court, uh, but. Uh, I, I think there are quite a few Republicans uh, who do not agree with this decision because they all see what a terrible burden this is going to be. And it's not just women. Married men and uh, and men, honorable men, uh, who are not yet married or else are living in common law situations uh, with, uh, with a woman and gets her pregnant, uh, they do are affected because they're going to have to support that woman and her baby. Uh, Certainly the married men are going to have to do unless they divorce the woman right away. Uh, so it's affecting uh, all of the citizens of the United States negatively. Uh, and, uh, uh, of course, there's the Lincoln Project, <laughs> and those are uh, those are Republicans. And, of course, the right wing would say, you know, they're all rhinos, and they should be drummed out of the party. Uh, and the Lincoln Project is saying that the the extreme right wing should be drummed out of the party because they're not really Republicans as the party once was. Uh, when Reagan first got into office, for instance, the Republican Party was a loyal opposition, as the British put it. Uh, it had different opinions. Uh, often opposing opinions, uh, but they were honestly held and did not depend on the big lie or any big lie, for that matter. And I think there are uh, there are a number of uh, of middle of the road, I guess, uh, Republicans who uh, are still, uh, you might say, Reagan Republicans, uh, and. Uh, uh, and of course, there are the independents uh, who fall probably into two camps. Maybe some of them be believe the big lie, also, but uh, but most of them do not, as as you don't, uh, Frank. And uh, and so they would also be opposed to uh, to uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, apparently, something like 58 percent of the Uni of all voters, and this includes Republicans and Democrats, uh, are against overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, so that is a majority of the voters who participated in the poll. So, and these polls are, by the way, uh, neutral. Uh, they are proven neutral in the way they approach the questions. I've never been uh, telephoned by one of them, but I would I would be happy to participate, of course, having very strong opinions. But in any case, uh, the majority of the voters are against this policy. But the Republicans are hard at work uh, undermining the uh, uh, the uh, democratic process of uh, voting uh, by putting extreme right-wing people into key positions, as I said during the talk, 
uh, secretaries of state and attorney generals at the state level, and poll workers, especially poll workers, uh, who can influence the vote by intimidating voters. Um, And the uh, secretary of state would have the power in some states to simply overturn the will of the people in case in case the vote came out on the uh, on the side of re, uh, reinstating Roe v. Wade well we could just negate that we don't like that vote so out with it and we would re- then report in uh, the uh, support for uh, uh, for the Supreme Court present position and of course the same thing would go for the next president if Biden happened to be reelected, then we'd throw that out too. Right. Wow. And so, in other words, democracy would be destroyed. That would be the end of it. And what would stop uh, that administration, which uh, which most I'd say middle of the road Republicans would repudiate? Uh, that administration would simply uh, declare that all future elections um, are unnecessary, and therefore we won't hold them. And uh, then, then the United States would become a dictatorship. Yeah, it's, uh, fascinating. And you, you know, I, I'm going to start getting away from the word "never," because I, I would have never believed that there would be a global pandemic. Never. Right. Mm-hmm. If you said to me, you know, we'd be wearing masks, we would be quarantined, uh, the whole world would be in this kind of situation, I would say Twilight Zone. You know, I would say, you know, you saw this somewhere on a sci-fi show, and it's never going to happen. And, of course, somewhere around the the time of March 18th, 2020, it, that became a reality. I also thought to myself, They'll never overturn Roe v. Wade, right? And, of course, that happened. I, I've often thought to myself uh, that there'll never be World War III. But for several days while I was in the Ukraine, I started thinking this is World War III. So, it certainly can go that way. Right. Yeah, so I'm no never doubt. saying never again. Never will I say <laughs> never again. Yeah, I'm afraid. I feel the same way. You know, uh, all of our, they, well, you know, I mean, here I am. I'm uh, 88 years old. I'm the same age as Gloria Steinem, who wow. today published uh, her complaint about uh, the Roe v. Wade decision, which was worded very similarly to what I just delivered. Uh, she, too, is shocked. Uh, because she remembers the world. In fact, she uh, actually, at the age of 22, uh, she had an abortion in England uh, where it's not illegal. And, uh, of course, it was illegal throughout the United States back in those days. And I participated in one uh, when I was 21. So we've had very similar experiences, only hers was much more Cataclysmic, let me say, than mine, because uh, I was a participant, but not the person uh, who had the abortion. 
But in any case, uh, we do remember what it was like, what life was like for women who were desperate to have an abortion and who had a perfectly uh, legitimate claim uh, to having an abortion. Women are not frivolous idiots who just casually suddenly decide, oh, I'm going to have an abortion today. Uh, that is just not uh, possible. And uh, uh, the idea that women are incapable of making intelligent decisions is uh, has been uh, proven false over and over, over these 80 uh, over these 49 years, uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, uh, over these 49 years since Roe v. Wade was uh, was enacted, um, and uh, and since women had the vote, for that matter. So, uh, so that's uh, 80 years. Um, anyhow, so uh, women are leading uh, nations around the country. Women are holding high office, like Secretary of State, um, and uh, women are mayors and governors uh, and so forth, and they are uh, just as capable and sometimes more moderate, actually, than than their male counterparts would be. Uh, So uh, the sexes, as far as the intellectual life is concerned, are equal. And there is no reason why women, at, to this very day, receive uh, something like 80% or less of the pay for doing the same job uh, throughout the working world in this country. Uh, those are remnants of the good old days when women were chattels. Uh, it, it's hard to get rid of that, in particular because of greed. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, employers simply don't want to pay that extra 20%. Uh, it costs them money, and money is the most important thing to an American uh, uh, of any of uh, any walk of life, apparently. Uh, much more important than the uh, than justice or, or the life of a citizen, a female citizen. So, yeah, not to cut you off, but uh, you you're mentioning you know you're mentioning uh, th- women and uh, and the power that they've uh, they've gotten recently, and and you you know uh, touched on before about the uh, the, you know, the the right to vote. My mother, God rest her soul, who passed you know 12 years ago, uh, she told me that. When she and and I didn't take this as a slight. My mother was a very intelligent woman, but she said when she walked into a voting booth, and um, and and saw two people running against each other, if she didn't know either one of them or know their positions, and one was a woman, she'd vote for the woman. And I think a lot of women have done that. And uh, you know, and and again, there's some people that vote party lines, no matter what, they'll vote for the Republican or the Democrat, assuming that that they're, you know, in, in tune with what they're thinking. But if you think of that, if you think of um, what my mother's thought process was, uh, there are a lot of women who do exactly the same thing. And, yes. Uh, and, you know, there's there's some logic to it. You know, the, here is someone much like myself, and and she should be looking out for us, for for other women or whatever. And that's what I, I think some of the people uh, like my mother would would be 
considering that. Uh, again, yeah. we know it's uh, it's far too simple to to work every time, but in uh, in my mind, uh, it, you know, like the the idea that um, anything can happen at this point. And one of the things when I was talking about the pandemic, and I'm talking about Roe v. Wade now and uh, the, a third world world war, is uh, an African American pre- president. And I think prior to Obama being elected, I really thought that the country was too prejudiced ever to elect. I don't know why, but I thought early on that McCain uh, McCain would win. And um, and again, it, when on election day, two thousand and eight, I thought to myself, uh, America has grown up, right, in many ways. Because obviously all black people didn't come out and and put Obama in the White House, but many many people uh, saw him and saw him as a quality person and as a uh, as a uh, intelligent individual and someone who was charismatic and and so forth. And they voted for a black man with the name uh, Barack Hussein. Think about that. And where you know we're seven yes. seven years from from uh, uh, 9-11 and the prejudice that was against anything that sounds Muslim. But Barack Hussein Obama was elected in a landslide, two landslides. And by the way, uh, you know, had had two terms, and I'm trying not to get political here, but two terms where there were no scandals. There was nothing. And people were watching his every move and his his wife's every move, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, the first ladies. I, you know, everybody was watching that and it just didn't happen. And I thought to myself, you know, we've we've gotten to a certain point as a nation and we'll never have to say that again, that we can't elect a black man, which I thought was a uh, you know, it's an embarrassing admission to think that that we live in a country that that couldn't elect a an, an African-American man to or a woman, you know, to um, to uh, to the White House. And now we don't have that in my mind as a stigma anymore. So we we have some nevers in in many of our minds that have just been thrown out the window and have just been there. So, um, again, I, I, I might be off, uh, off the, the uh, original point here, but if you think about where we are, um, it's almost like all bets are off. And if I'm, if I'm a Democrat, the one thing I'm thinking about this is uh, the midterm elections have just been leveled out. And I don't want to minimize this. I don't want to minimize uh, a woman's right to reproductive control, her, her own autonomy over her own body, or, you know, and uh, from the other side, you know, the, the death of a baby, which is, a, you know, which is a tragedy, you know. Uh, uh, you know, we, we know that. And the women that choose to, uh, 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 to uh, have a, an abortion performed, they're not going in there. I, I mean, 99.9% of them are not going in there haphazardly, uh, just saying, oh, I want to get rid of this baby. You know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a heart-wrenching decision for that individual to, to go through that abortion, whatever the Absolutely. reason. Absolutely. Whether mm-hmm. it's health. You know, you know I, I mean, just one, one quick point without me making you know, like a full statement on it. Um, but imagine a woman that has four four children, you know, four, let's say four young children, and she's pregnant with a fifth, and she's going to have a, she's being told that she's going to have uh, a child in a very difficult pre- pregnancy, 
and uh, that child is going to be severely deformed, um, uh, will, will have a terrible, you know, chance at life, and, you know, maybe a vegetable, maybe whatever, and on top of it, you may die giving birth to that child. Now, in certain states, it's illegal for that woman to to make her, her choice to right. stay around and, and raise her other four children. But instead, if she goes along with the pregnancy in a horrible tragedy uh, uh, scenario, she goes through the pregnancy, she gives birth, and she dies. Now she has mm-hmm. five children, right. one severely deformed, um, and, and four children that are growing up without a mother. And yep. that decision mm-hmm. has been made for her in those states. And that's, I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's an interesting point to bring up uh, on, on either side. Yes, well, also, uh, the Catholic Church, traditionally, uh, for instance, when uh, when I was first uh, old enough to vote, <laughs> uh, and old enough to understand the issues, uh, the Catholic Church was still, still believed that until the child is viable, in other words, the child begins to move in the womb. When the child begins to move in the womb, then it becomes a child, and before that, it's a fetus. Uh, and abortion is not uh, uh, even against the uh, was not even against the principles of the church itself. Uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas says something of uh, of that sort that until viability, uh, abortion is quite okay. Uh, in in case of need, of course, in case of true, dire need. And that was always the case. Um, and this idea that uh, right-wing evangelicals all be pro-life, uh, and abs- with absolutely no exceptions for rape and incest and life of the mother and so on, uh, that is something fairly recent. It's, it's post-Reagan. Uh, so... Uh, 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 that uh, uh, that has been brought out in uh, in the uh, news networks recently. That this uh, a total divide and a total um, uh, uh, subscription to the idea that uh, that from the egg on uh, th- that is a child, uh, because after all, uh, women do. Uh, uh, do excrete the egg, uh, and maybe they will excrete the egg and the sperm also. So uh, are they murderers then, uh, <laughs> right from the beginning? Uh, this is all very, very slippery, a slippery slope legally uh, as well as morally. Uh, when is a fetus a child? Uh, and... Uh, well, I mean, all in all, this is a terrible decision um, because it forces women and their husbands or their involved partners uh, to take on responsibilities and uh, and costs and all the rest of it of, uh, of parenthood uh, unwillingly against their will and uh, very likely against their capabilities. Uh, so it's going to make a terrible mess uh, in this country, and the rest of the world is watching and shaking their heads over us. Uh. Yeah, amazing. When, when I was in 
Germany back in the 90s, I was on a, on a train and uh, I was, uh, you know, there, there was this old uh, cliche uh, about Germans staring, that Germans don't find it rude to stare if they see someone interesting or they see something uh, unusual, they'll stare. Where here in America, they, um, uh, you know, the staring is considered rude. And if you got caught staring at somebody, you would quickly turn away so you're not making eye contact and, and all, maybe even apologize, you know, or something like that. But they always said this about the Germans. And, you know, a couple Germans were staring at me, some men, and they were in suits and they were, you know, business folks. And uh, I started a conversation with these guys that were staring at me. And, one of the one of the men said, "I you know I was in America, just offered it up." Just, uh, he said, "I I didn't I can't believe how religious a country America is," and I said, "Religious," and and he said, uh, "Absolutely um, religious." He said, um, "I was in in America, and there's a church on every block, on every single <laughs> block there is uh, there is." Uh, you know, and and if you think about it, there really is. There's there's a church on every block around here, and um, you know that. But that's how they viewed us. But this this is this is a little more proof that that, that we're religious. This uh, this coming up, it's a boy. It's a very. And by the way, you uh, you're very active in um, you're very active in. Uh, in the Catholic Church, yeah, yes. in the Catholic Church, and, and you're on the other side of this issue. Yes, I am. I'm a Catholic for choice. Yes, I am. <laughs> there is such an organization, too. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Well, <laughs> yep. any final words on all this? Uh, well, I would advise the, American, the Americans who are listening to me, to look deeper than the inflation. I know that the cost of gas and groceries is out of sight, but that is a, not a permanent situation. That is caused by conditions that are out of our president's control. He's trying to do all he can to mitigate the situation. And uh, the other issues that I brought up, such as the freedom to choose what you do with your own body, uh, such as uh, gun laws, uh, allowing 18-year-old kids to buy uh, weapons of war, uh, those issues are the important issues to be thinking about when you go to the polls. So look carefully before you vote. Well, listen, uh, wonderful job as always. And again, I'm trying to play it down the middle, but you, you don't need to do that. This is this is your show, and this is, uh, you know, that you give a uh, highly intelligent viewpoint. Uh, you know, and, and coming from you know the left, and some would say even uh, independent. You have a lot of independent views on on this, but you're you know unapologetically uh, supportive of of a woman's right. To, uh, to choose and uh, again we are going to see protests we're going to see and I hope not but riots we're going to see mm -hmm. more um, reaction to this and what's happened here 
than uh, than many other, uh, maybe any other issue that we've ever yeah. seen. And I hope to God everyone's safe out there. Uh, you know, people protesting on all sides. Of course, we don't want this. But boy, I, we have become a very divided country. Yes, yes. And I expect New Yorkers are not all that thrilled about the, uh, the uh, ruling on guns either. Right. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Amazing to me. Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is the voice that you've been hearing. And thank you, Doc. Thanks, uh, thanks for all the input and the thoughtfulness. And well, you're most welcome. And thank you for for being my host. Yeah. Co-host. <laughs> co-host, my your co-pilot. Co well, I mean, uh, it is uh, Frank McKay Media <laughs> that I'm beholden to, so I am thanking you for that. Well, thank you. And uh, more importantly, we thank everyone for tuning in each and every week. And we, uh, we we appreciate that. We know you have very strong opinions on on many of these. I'm trying not to give any. I'm trying to be right down the middle and kind of you know moderate rather than uh, uh, rather than uh, you know throw an opinion one way or the other. But I imagine many of you, and I know for a fact that many of you who listen each and every week are in agreement with uh, Dr. Weinberg. And we appreciate you listening each and every week, and we welcome everyone's uh, input. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.